You're listening to Productivity on Purpose, episode 18, how to communicate so people actually respond. Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Ruthie Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Hello, sweet friends. I'm Ridhu Parikh. I help extraordinary women like you get extraordinary results in their life by helping them take control of their focus, habits, and goals. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have been together for four months now, which is kind of cray-cray. If you've had a chance to leave me a review, thank you so much. Honestly, it means the world to me. And if you haven't and you like what you've been hearing, please, please head on over to the reviews after we're done. It would just light me up. It really helps me be found by other amazing women. And I just would so appreciate it. And I really want to thank you for spending your time with me. All right. A lot of times I get my inspiration for these podcasts from clients or questions that I'm getting from people like on my website or they're sending me inquiries. And there's something that has been coming up a lot lately. And I definitely wanted to address this today. And this is about communicating effectively. There is a lot of frustration right now that women are feeling because they're not getting the responses to their emails as they would like. So whether you're a coach, a lawyer, a doctor, a consultant, an events planner, an entrepreneur, I keep hearing this over and over, especially in my my one-to-one groups. I hear this like, I... you know, I'm sending something out, I ask for this information and I don't get it. So it's not even necessarily that it's not timely. That can be a problem. Definitely, maybe I'm not getting the answer at all in a timely manner. But also when I get it, they just don't give me the information that I'm asking for. And so I have recently just been asking my people, my clients, do you think that perhaps It's the way that you're sending your communications, that you're sending your emails, that you're writing them versus the people who are getting the emails, right? Can you stop to think that maybe it's me and not them? So do you know, on average, you receive 120 emails a day, 120. I know for some of you listening, you're thinking, yeah, maybe just by noon, that's how many I'm getting. And for others of you, you're like, well, I never really stopped to count. But yeah, it's probably somewhere up there, which means if that's the average, there's plenty of us getting closer to 150 to 200 emails a day. Okay, so if we're getting upwards of 120, maybe 150 emails a day, you have to imagine that everybody else is getting the same amount. And we have to keep that in mind when people, other people are managing their emails in between their back-to-back meetings, their team reviews, their project work, and these days their family commitments because a lot of us are still working from home during the pandemic. So there are a lot of emails coming in, a lot of distractions, demands coming in between everything else that's going on. So 
Just as you have missed some emails, I know I have missed some emails, right? Other people are missing them too. They get missed because we're running around like crazy. We don't always pay attention to every single detail, which is why you want to be, actually, you have to be clear, direct, and brief. Clear, direct, and brief. There is no greater time or more important time in history, probably, in history of email and communications that we need to be clear, direct, and brief for the reasons I just went through. There's just too much going on for all of us that we just need to get the information, get it clearly, understand our to-dos or next steps really briefly, very directly so we can take action. So I'm going to share a few tips that are really going to help you do that, which as a result is not only going to help you get those responses that you want from whoever it is that you're emailing, but it's also going to help you be a better leader. It's going to position you to be a greater leader simply because your communications are more efficient and they're more effective. I know that when I am on the recipient end, when I'm receiving an email and it is very clear, direct and brief versus one that's really wordy and verbose and confusing, immediately that clear, direct and brief one is just signaling leadership, right? Like right away, you're like, okay, this person's got it going on. They know what they're saying. They're totally on top of it. They're confident. And I just immediately, I just make that whether it's a conscious or subconscious you know, relation, that's what you're thinking. And then the other person where it's just like goes on and on, I'm not really clear what they mean, or maybe they're, they think they're being clear, but there's just so much to read. My brain just kind of shuts down. And I can tell you for sure, it is not screaming leadership to me. So again, just think about yourself on the receiving end when you are in those situations and how you feel. All right. So one of the first things, the first tip I want to share with you is to be thinking about what your objective is when you're sending an email. And really, this can be any communication. Today, for today's purposes, I'm focusing on email since that seems to be our our biggest mode of communication right now. But of course, this even applies to when you're calling someone, when you're sending a text, or any other way you might be communicating. So what is the objective? I know this sounds really basic. You're like, "Uh, duh, I'm not gonna send an email if I don't know why. But trust me, a lot of us are sending emails and are not really clear on what the objective is. So the way to think about this, in in other words, what you want to do is ask yourself this question. What is the result that I want from this email? So not even what is my objective. I would say, what is the result? The result. That's the word I want you to really focus on. Because if you come from that perspective, if you're always starting with the end in mind, what result do I want? I guarantee you just making that small shift is going to help you tremendously in crafting a really clear and direct email. Okay, so for example, if you send an email that says it's the meeting recap, okay, so the subject line might say meeting recap and the first sentence or two is about here's the reading, the meeting recap. You should not expect a response from somebody and you should not expect anybody to take any action from that, right? It's a recap. So although your objective might be, I'm going to send them the recap so they know their next steps and then they take the next steps. When we're saying here is the meeting recap and your next steps, even if you went as far as saying that in the first line, here is the meeting recap and your next steps, you should not expect a response from that. 
because you're not actually saying exactly the result that you want from that email. So we've got to get really, really, really clear on the result that you want. So you might change that. First of all, we might change that subject line that would say, please respond to the next steps in the meeting recap. Something along those lines where you're actually asking for the response that you want. And then in the email, you'd very clearly and directly say, you know, attached are the is a recap from our meeting today. And please respond if you are in agreement with your next steps that you can meet these deadlines. Something along those lines. You're, the result is that you want to know that they've actually read it and that they're ready to take action. Okay, so you have to think about the result and get very crystal clear on that. So that's one of the biggest tips. I think if you switched your writing just on that tip alone and that strategy and utilizing this idea of what's the result and started crafting your emails that way, your response rate is going to go up like tenfold right there. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is really about the way that you're writing the body copy. And again, if we go back to the stat of receiving anywhere from 100 to 200 emails a day, that copy has got to be very scannable. Scannable, like you can just quickly look at it and you know, here's what's going on. Here is what this person is trying to get across. Here are my next steps. Here's what's the deadline, right? It's scannable. So some simple ways to make your copy scannable, your actual email text. One is to use bullet points. Bullet points should be your best friend, right? So stay away from long paragraphs. I'm not saying you don't have any paragraphs at all, but my rule of thumb, if I have more than maybe three sentences together in a paragraph, first of all, I'm going to start a new paragraph so you can make it more digestible. There are small chunks. We're making it scannable. And then I'll go back and I'll even see if I have maybe one or two or three paragraphs with three sentences each. Where in there can I insert some bullet points? Are there any opportunities that I can go in and recraft something that I've said and put it into bullet points? So typically this is like when you have a list, right? If you look out for commas in your email, in your body copy, that might be a good indication that I can go ahead and break this up into bullet points. So for example, if you're reaching out to someone and saying, hey, you know, here's some ways that I can help you. I could help you with your, you know, accounting, your bookkeeping and your, you know, expense reports. You might, those are three, those are two or three different ways you can help them. There's commas in there. You might go ahead and just bullet those out, right? So anytime you're seeing like, I have a lot of different, I have several paragraphs, where can you in there go back and either use bullet points, use numbering, that's a great one. You can even use dashes, but the idea is that you're creating a list. So it pops, it's easy for people to see, it's really easy to scan. And it's not just, it looks like a ton of jumbled words and paragraphs and sentences together. I know that I immediately shut down when I open up an email and they're just paragraphs or one long paragraph or many, many paragraphs, even if they're shorter, because I'm like, oh, this is just going to take me time to read. And now I've got to do all the work. So if it feels like someone else has to pull out the information, like what do they what are they trying to recap here? What is the summary or what are my next steps? If I have to actually pull that all out of these sentences right there, I know I'm going to shut down. So be really aware of where you can use these bullet points, uh, different lists or numbers. 
Okay. We also talked about this, you know, two to three sentences in a paragraph. And a paragraph, as you know, if you don't know, you should double space after the paragraph so that there's space in between. And in general, we just want to create this idea of white space. We want white space. So if you think about doing the bullet points or the numbering, there's a lot of white space around it, right? There's indentation. So there's a white space on the left of that column. That white space is really going to help your eyes just be more visual, make it scannable, and just help you get through it and not just react immediately and want to get paralyzed by looking at it. So that's another benefit of using the list and the short sentences and keeping the double spacing between the paragraphs. And then finally, another really simple tool that you can use in your emails is to highlight certain words, certain phrases, or and or bold them, use the bold feature. So sometimes I'll just highlight, I'll take the actual highlighting feature and put it in the yellow and say, here are your next steps and highlight that. So if they are gonna just skim through the whole thing and miss it, they're really, their eye is gonna catch attention to that highlighted phrase. Or I might just put it in another color um, or I might put it in all caps and put it in red. You know, um, please respond by Tuesday, you know, October 1st uh, by 3 p.m. And I will put that in red and bold and caps. So I know it can sound like sometimes you're like, but it looks like I'm screaming. I've heard clients say that. It looks like I'm yelling if I put things in caps. No, what you're doing is making it easier for someone to respond. You are actually doing them a favor because you're making the text more scannable, easy to read, and they're not going to miss out on the things that they know they should be doing, like the actions they need to be taking because you're always thinking about the result that you need, the result that you want. You're actually doing them a favor. It's in their best interest and your best interest to use those bolds or those caps or the highlighting features because that's what's really going to help them. And the last tip I'll give you on that is I just kind of said that there, but be really, really, really clear on those, the action needed or next steps. So actually write those out, like maybe bullet them, maybe highlight them, maybe bold them, maybe even start the email with that information. So I like to do that often because you know, again, if you have, if there is a lot of information you have to relay in that email, people's eyes are just going to glaze over and they're just going to miss something. But if you keep the action needed right up front and then maybe a summary or some background information and all that below, at least they're very clear. And the first thing they're going to see when they open that email is what the action that they should be taking. So you might start by saying, uh, below is a summary of our discussion, but here are our next steps. Please respond by end of day today with the answers to the, you know, to the, to the, excuse me, to the questions in red. And you have your bulleted of the, you know, the three or four actions there. And two of them are, are in red and bold. And so now they know exactly that they need to respond to that by end of day. And then you put that and then below that, you have the summary of everything else that you wanted to say. So think about switching that. You're like, you know, what is the result I want and how can I make that just easiest to see most visually in their face so that I can get the response that I'm hoping for. All right, so the other thing I really want you to be thinking about is the language that you're using in your email and really keeping that, as I said er earlier, really brief. 
Now, I know a lot of times when we're doing our emails, it's like word vomit. I swear, I get these emails and I'm thinking, did they even go back and reread this once? Couldn't they have said this in half the amount of space they've taken and half the number of words? Your emails should be well-crafted, which means they do require some thought. However, I'm going to give you a couple you know, tips around this because there is a balance, of course, of you know, putting thought into them and not spending six hours on every email. We can't spend a, a really, really long time on crafting each one of our emails because we'll never get through them. Of course, we're just inundated right now. So we want to strike a balance between not being too verbose, not being too wordy, really keeping it short on the shorter side and more brief, but also doing it in a way that we're not spending you know, 40 minutes on each email. So here are some things to look out for. Number one, on top, you know, all the things I just talked about, being really clear, what are my results? What are the next steps? Using those shorter sentences, you know, really forcing yourself to say, if it's more than three sentences, I either need to shorten this or do a new paragraph. But also look out for filler language. There's a lot of filler language we use a lot of times. So I'm going to give you a few examples of those and you'll start catching yourself on taking out some of the filler language. So one of the filler language is what I call rationalizing language. And I go into like a lot of detail with this with my clients when we start talking about communication and leadership and again, how to like show up as a leader and not only have you feel like a leader, but others will perceive you as a leader when you get better at this. But Women especially like to do, uh, we tend to do a lot of rationalizing language. And some of the examples are this. I'm writing to you because, I'm reaching out to you because uh, I know that, or there's just, or there's a lot of background stuff there. I know that we had this meeting and we felt like we had some things we need to circle back on and it wasn't really clear. So I'm going to write this to you and send you this recap to circle back. And there's just a lot of this, like I'm rationalizing why I am reaching out to you, why I'm communicating to you. And it's just filler language is wasteful and you're going to lose people right away, right off the bat. I know we feel often, and I'm going to say as women, like we need to, it's it's kind of creating a connection. You're like, hey, I don't want to just jump into business. I, you know, really want to be friendly and I want to talk about our past communication or the past meeting. And I, you know, there are a lot simpler ways to do that, to create that connection. So I'm a big, huge supporter of building that connection. I never really just love to jump into something, be like, hey, here's business. Here's what you got to do next. I am, and some people might call this fellow language, but I, I like it. I like to say good morning or hope you have, or, you know, your week is off to a great start. Or, you know, just some type of connection language, like hope you had a great weekend or or, what a valuable call yesterday. And then I'll get into the business. But I've really learned now to keep all those other sentences and phrases and all that other rationalizing language out of it. And that just shortens it up. Like I said, you get right to the point, but you still make make that connection. So if I had to choose between the short little connection language, like again, like what a great call we had or so excited we're, you know, we're embarking on this partnership. And if I had to choose between that and rationalizing language, I would always keep that connection language. That's short, pithy, you know, it's a few words, break the ice there and then get into business, but keep that rationalizing stuff out. Okay. So get really, just go back and check on your emails. Am I doing this often? Am I doing this a lot? Another one is 
that we want to just in general go back through an editing process and see where can I just shorten ideas, sentences, phrases? Am I being repetitive? Am I being duplicative? Am I just providing information that's just not necessary for this recipient? Can I get my message across if I just go back and take out some of the words or some of the language? Okay, so I'll give you a great classic example that I got from a client last week that I I tend to get these types a lot. But my client basically said that she was looking forward to our call But another meeting came up from work and she can try to change that. Her days are flexible, but at the same time, she's not sure if she can. And it depends if her boss can change his meeting, but maybe we can meet on Tuesday. And if not, maybe Thursday would work. And if that didn't work, then maybe we could just keep it as is, but she's waiting to hear back. And I was just like, oh my goodness, right? It's like sort of the stream of consciousness rambling. um, And I know she has the best intentions at heart and all she wants to do is be flexible, but I was like, I don't even know, again, what's the result? What are you trying to get? I mean, I understand what she's trying to get. I understand she wants to change the meeting, but it was just got so mumble jumbled in there. Instead, she could have just said, hey, Mirthu, unfortunately, I have another meeting. Another meeting came up at work and I'm going to have to change our plans. Would one of these three days work for you? Boom, 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 bulleted them. Let me know. And that would have been it. And it would have been great. And it still would have been really friendly and wonderful. And I would have gotten the point across and I could have responded so much more quickly. But for me to have to dissect that email and take out all the mumbo jumbo and then figure out the date she might be available and then go back and forth, it was just going to not only waste my time, but really frustrate me. So that's the kind of stuff you want to think about and be aware of. You know, are you being clear? Can you say it quickly and just cut out all this extraneous stuff? Now, in order to do that, you need to go back and read your emails and then edit them. So I always say the first draft should just be your like word vomit one, right? Whatever comes to mind. It's fine if if it's a stream of consciousness. You're just writing. You're just getting your thoughts down. And it's your first draft. So don't worry about that. That's like the brain dump. And then you go back and edit afterwards. Now you can edit along the way. And I tend to do that a lot just because I'm so used to this process now. And I already know when I start, I'm going to, I need to highlight, I need to bullet, I need to shorten. So I'm editing along the way, but I am definitely, you can bet going back and going through it again and thinking, okay, where can I remove filler words or where can I shorten paragraphs? Or am I just using a lot of rationalizing language here? Um, Am I being very clear about the next steps? And I'm using my highlighting and my bolding and my bullet points. I reread it. I make the final edits because you'll find them along the way. And then when I feel good about it, I send it out. However, again, understand there's a fine line between editing and perfecting perfecting. You do not want to get caught up in constant perfectionism. So if you're spending 30 minutes per email on editing, you are never going to get through them and you're always going to be behind. So I suggest this, do one round of edits. And as long as you've made significant improvements from that first draft to the edited draft, that second draft, you are good to go. You have to let go of the perfectionism. You don't need to go look at it three, four, or five times. Just bless it and move on. Because you're right, it's not perfect. It can always be better, but it's way better than that first draft, right? Our writing can always be edited more, but not at the expense of falling so far behind on our other work and priorities. 
Now, there may be a couple of emails where you're like, no, 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 I've got to go back several times because this is like to the CEO of my company or this is like the biggest account I've ever tried to get. And there are those exceptions, but mostly rule of thumb, do that editing once, do the once over, read it over again. Maybe you'll make a couple more edits, like just little punctuation things and then bless it and move on. Knowing that I made a lot of improvement from that first draft. All right. So if you're thinking like it takes time to do this round of editing and maybe that feels like a waste of time, I'm going to challenge you to think about the time you spend and waste on the back end. So when your communications are not clear, where there is so much going back and forth, right? There's so much frustration or people are not answering all the questions that you asked in there. They're only answering one and not all three or they don't answer for a few days because it's just too much for them to have to dig through and pick out what they're supposed to be doing. They also just sometimes seem to go dark, right? And then you have to spend your time, your valuable time following up with them. And none of these things are a good use of their time. None of these things are a good use of your time. So invest that few extra minutes on the front end, and that's going to save you boatloads of time on the back end, not to mention a ton of stress and frustration. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed these tips to help you become a more effective communicator and a much better leader. Now, insight without action is meaningless. So let's talk about your inspired action for this week, because you know, I always love to leave you with the challenge. Within the next 24 hours, edit your next email using the tips and strategies we just went through. If you need to rewind a bit, if you weren't taking notes, if you were walking or driving, go back and do that, but use those tips. And by the way, come on over and let me know you did it. Or if you have any questions, literally, you can even just post your email if you want some feedback on it. I'm happy to do that. I would love to actually. So you can find me over on my site at lifeisorganized.com forward slash podcast forward slash 18 or on Facebook at Life is Organized. I'll link to those below, but I'm always over on those two platforms. As always, you are the bestest, my friend. Thank you for showing up here. As you can tell, I am passionate about helping women make better use of their time so they're more productive at work and can be more present at home so they build their confidence and become better leaders. So if you this has inspired you, and you want to learn more about how we can work together, come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash coaching. I will see you there. You can find out all about how we might partner together and also just how we can just start a conversation and find out more about each other. And a friendly reminder, if you have a friend or colleague that you think could benefit from this, share the love with them. And remember, I'd be super appreciative if you subscribed and left a quick five-star review because that's really what helps get me seen and reach other amazing women all around the globe. Lastly, if you want a free kick-ass resource called 21 Killer Hacks to stop feeling overwhelmed, come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S. Thank you so much for your time, for your listening ear, and for your enthusiasm. I'm sending you love your way and here's to getting more of the right things done. I will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.